We are coming up to the end of January right now, but it's still important that we stay hydrated throughout the day, even in the midst of winter. I myself am a huge sparkling water fan, and I'm so excited to introduce my new favorite sparkling water, La Croix. La Croix sparkling water is a calorie sweetener and sodium innocent beverage with nothing artificial added in it at all. Each water is all natural, non-GMO, and environmentally friendly, and flavored with fruit essences. There are over two dozen mouth-watering flavors like key lime, passion fruit, and mango. And there's specialty and bolder Lacroix curate flavors like blackberry, cucumber, and pineapple strawberry. My all-time favorite is the apple berry and the classic grapefruit one. These drinks are so refreshing and delicious, I might just be a little addicted. What is your favorite Lacroix flavor? Share it with me on Twitter using the hashtag LacroixWater spelled L-A-C-R-O-I-X. For more information and to find your own new favorite LaCroix flavor, join the LaCroix community at LaCroix Water on Instagram or check out LaCroixWater.com. That's LaCroixWater.com, L-A-C-R-O-I-X Water.com. Hi, and welcome to another episode of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. I am so excited to introduce a super duper mega special guest on the show today. Someone I've been sort of badgering to join us forever. One of my all-time favorite musicians, Nako Bear. Nako is an artist, activist, musical prophet, and the frontman of the band Nako and Medicine for the People. And his heart-expanding lyrics and incredible voice have moved the lives of people from all corners of the world. His music has been an instrumental part of my own journey and my own healing, and I am just so incredibly happy to have him on the show. Welcome to the show, Nako! Oh, aloha. Thanks for having me, Rachel. So good to be here with you. Aloha. I'm so happy to talk to you. It's so nice to hear your voice. Oh, yeah. It's good to hear your voice, too. Uh, it's been a, been a little while since we've seen each other, and uh, you've since then uh, brought a beautiful life into the world, and uh, so proud of you. Oh, thank you. A lot has happened, actually. Yeah, last time we saw each other was uh, LA, I think, mm-hmm. eating yeah. food somewhere. Yeah, it feels like another <laughs> lifetime. Everything since I had baby feels like, I don't know, like oh, a past yeah. life somehow. I'm, I, I can only imagine. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago. But um, so in spirit of the name of this podcast and speaking from the heart, how, uh, how are you? What's, what's going on in your life? <clears throat> Well, I'm doing I'm doing all right, you know. I think that uh I think that I've been uh, going through one of the hardest times of my life to be truly honest and uh it feels good to be now. I'm uh, I'm on a 2-month break and uh taking some time to literally carry the water and chop the firewood, I guess you'd say. <laughs> hmm. Uh and sort of take some time, some serious alone time to really uh, navigate through my own process of uh, uh, saying goodbye to the old archetype of uh, that, that once was living and of, you know, I, you know, we all go through these, these things, young men, young women, and uh, where you, where you have to uh, sort of address, the inner child that uh, that w- that potentially won't allow the uh, the adult to uh, to fully mature and 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 rule your life, and so 
I think that uh, in astrology terms, some people call that like your Saturn return. <laughs> mm. And so I go like, well, why did, why did Saturn never leave me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, isn't that supposed the... to be every 28 years or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, but for men, it's a little different, right? Like for women, it's uh, a bit earlier. And for men, we kind of go through it from like 29, 30, 31, and I'm about to be 32 in a couple of weeks. And so, um, you know, I thought, I thought when I hit 30 and I went through some pretty hard things, I was like, okay, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good till the next like 12 years. <laughs> and then, uh, 31 rolled around and it was like, you're not even close to being done, buddy. And, uh, yeah. So, so big transformations. I mean, like, you know, a lot of it, I guess, has to do with the fact that I, uh, I work really hard and, um, I've never, I've grown into this role, uh, as a, as an artist, as a musician, as a, as a, a I guess what my mom and I like to call a social worker through music, right? <laughs> she's a, she's a social worker here in Portland. Um, and, uh, uh, she's been through so much in her life and, uh, through that experience of her life, she's been able to transform that, uh, challenge and pain and just, uh, hard struggle into a form of, uh, teaching and been able to, uh, now share her healing through, you know, working for the state, uh, and and helping um, underprivileged uh, families and lower income families uh, work through their issues and uh, and and so I guess the way that I often have sort of viewed what I do uh, is essentially uh, you know helping people connect with themselves more um, and in. And, and help them navigate their inner work so that their outer work reflects who they truly are, right? And uh, and so, yeah, so I guess uh, a part it's of... It's a good the, term for you, I think, social work through music. It's, I would say it's pretty accurate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, navigating all the uh, little babels, right? And trying to identify specifically what it is I feel like I'm offering the world. Um, and, uh, yeah, so the, the last year I, uh, you know, I ended up kind of, um, uh, amidst a very rigorous schedule of touring, I was, uh, advocating for numerous projects that were all appropriate and also all very dear to my heart. Some of which I'd, uh, been on, uh, annual campaigns with, um, and they're all successful, uh, campaigns that, um, were all supported by our, uh, our medicine tribe, our, our communities, um, across the nation and across the world. Um, but, uh, in doing all that, uh, and through, um, being in a relationship for the first time in years uh, and having all these things sort of happening, um, including also navigating an industry 
and that's a whole other conversation to to dive into of uh, right. the construct the construct of systems and the the construct of uh, of I guess really I mean industry is always sort of a, a very similar format when you when you really dig into it, um, but a for profit industry that uh, you know. Really, have to take part of in in one way or another. Yeah, yeah, it's unavoidable. Yeah, you have to take part in it in order to survive, which is such an annoying yet, you know, uh, uh, it's a task that for someone who's an Aquarius, who's a uh, as a futurist, as a person who like, um, in my younger years also was so anti-establishment, you know, and now have softened quite a bit in understanding the system, even though it's quite uh, uh, oppressive and it doesn't allow uh, sort of this against the the normal grain, riding the edge of something potentially conscious. It doesn't want it to survive necessarily. And, you know, that could be said for any... Uh, art any or, industry, any um, art, yeah. Exactly. So, so I you wonder know, if so, you're yeah, not so part like, of changing that just just a little bit. But um, before I get into some some questions, so we can go a little bit deeper into that, I, I asked mm-hmm. through social media a couple hours ago if anybody had any questions for you that they could ask them, and then yeah. maybe I'd connect right now. Uh, and the yeah. overwhelming amount of messages that came in, so many were not with questions about you know asking you details about your life or anything like that, but it was just overwhelming amounts of gratitude really so many people Aww. wrote in and say i don't have a question i just want to thank him because his music carried me through really difficult times in my life so Aww. many of those specific messages of just just gratitude so i want to i want to start off and pour some of that your way just so you know your people all over the world are just in this moment really grateful that for the art that you that you make oh mahalo that's really happy i'm really happy to hear that that's that's uh it's always a good feeling to know that you've helped someone move through whatever that they're going through, you know? Do you sometimes feel like it's, uh, do you sometimes forget that? I mean, you're living this life, you're making music, changing lives, but from far away, do you sometimes feel, I don't know, does it get lonely making music? Do you sometimes forget that, okay, this will be touching the depths of someone's heart, but you know, you're not maybe present with them in that moment. I yeah, find that sometimes absolutely. with my, my writing, sometimes people tell me, oh, you know, I, I connected so deeply through this. Um, but I, I sometimes have a hard time <clears throat> deeply making that connection if I'm not in the room with a person, you know? So what's that like for you? Because this is, this is what you do every day. Oh, for sure, yeah. I think that, uh, you know, when it's... it's it, I do, it, it does get lonely. And I think that uh, uh, there's a weird connection between uh the like a the the channel that you know we create from and uh the way that we react to it once it actually gets out there <laughs> hmm. <laughs> and, and you know and you know i i want to i want to say it's human but i'm not sure exactly what it is <laughs> um but uh it is a, it is an odd thing because i think that perhaps uh in the uh, in the developing years of putting the music out that people have become so familiar with uh, that I had been so reluctant to doing it 
uh, <clears throat> that I maybe sort of inadvertently decided uh, in my subconscious to not take on any of the 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 vibration or the whatever it was that people were putting back on me, um, whether it was gratitude or, or love or joy or whatever it is, like I would receive some of that, but in its magnitude, I wouldn't necessarily carry it. Also, a lot of times people would say, how do you deal with, you know, all these people who love you and how, do, how does that, how does that affect you? And does that change how you write? Does that change how you live? And I think that absolutely, like as a young person, my ego certainly took a lot of that and ran with it. Um, but in hindsight now, when I look back on those on 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 earlier times and how I'm how I'm how I'm translating it now, uh, I can see that I I wasn't fully aware of myself yet, and you know what I mean to like hmm. to like take take what I was receiving and understand it or or uh, <clears throat> or even like mold it a bit or whatever you do with it. Um, because I wasn't really comfortable with myself yet. You know, when people say they love you or that they, you know, that they care about you or that you've done something for them, it can be hard to receive that when you yourself perhaps don't feel worthy of that or, or understand your, you know, if you don't have a good relationship with your self-worth or you don't have a great relationship with, with how you love yourself. I think that, uh, I think oftentimes it, it becomes a, a shrug of the shoulders or uh, you're welcome and kind of like, right. wow, here yet again is another story of someone saying something like that to me. And then I don't know how to necessarily like take that in its fullness, you know. Uh, receiving so is so that's some, hard. Man. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, receiving is very hard. So uh, you know, no matter how big and, and loving that person might be and how incredible that person is, you know, it's a true... Uh, uh, it's a true testament to understand the frequency of those people, you know? Yeah. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. Did you know that the average family visits five totally different websites before booking their vacation rental? Digging into that many sites can make travel planning way more tedious and time-consuming than it has to be. Spend less time planning your trip and more time in the present moment with Tripping.com, the world's number one site for vacation rentals. Vacation rentals offer flexibility, perks, and amenities that hotels do not normally offer, like multiple bedrooms, backyards, hot tubs, free Wi-Fi, even fully stocked kitchens so you can plan and cook your own meals. While on the road, I love being able to make my own meals and create a space that feels like home, which is why I love going the vacation rental route. Instead of getting lost in the black hole of travel planning online, Tripping.com makes finding that perfect home away from home quick and easy. Spend less time planning and more time relaxing with Tripping. Tripping.com, trusted by millions of travelers and featured by the New York Times, Travel and Leisure, Forbes, and many more. With Tripping.com, one search lets you filter, compare, and sort over 10 million available properties on trusted sites like VRBO, TripAdvisor, Booking.com, and more. Don't wonder if you're getting the best deal on that winter cabin or that beachfront home. You'll save an average of 18% per night by booking your vacation with Tripping.com. So don't forget, if you want to save time and money while booking the perfect vacation rental for your next trip, head to Tripping.com slash Yoga Girl today. That's T-R-I-P-P-I-N-G dot com slash Yoga Girl. Tripping.com slash Yoga Girl. 
The world is changing now more than ever. We all need more than one source of income, but not everyone wants to quit their jobs and become a startup founder. That's what Side Hustle School is all about. It's a short daily podcast, seven days a week, that tells stories of ordinary people making extra money without quitting their jobs. The host, Chris Gillabo, also has an intriguing new book out there this month called The Money Tree. It's an engaging story of how you have the power to create your own financial destiny, something that's especially important in this time of uncertainty. Get your copy of The Money Tree today from any bookstore or online retailer. Learn more at moneytreebook.com and listen to Side Hustle School wherever you get your podcasts. I have such a personal connection to your music, and I know so many people do. I mean, all music is personal, of course, and it's very subjective in that it becomes what we make it sort of mm -hmm. so I'm sure some of the music you put out there is is perceived in in in, in the thousands of different thousands of different ways but um mm -hmm. a lot of people somehow because we met for the first time I mean this was 2014 we were in Costa Rica at Envision Envision Festival it was the mm -hmm. first time I ever saw you perform and I had one of those moments because I love music of, of all different kinds but I'm not a big concert person and I wasn't really a big festival person I wasn't I didn't really have a I never had like a wow intense earth-shattering moment of live music ever really in my mm -hmm. life mm -hmm. and then I saw you perform I was there with my best friend and I had that first moment where my heart was really cracked open um, through music and through your lyrics and of course through the community of everybody present together you know there's something so mm -hmm. I had this like little crack open there And then uh, mm -hmm. I was raving the whole evening about this music and oh my God, this band and oh my God, these lyrics and oh, I have to play this in <laughs> yoga class and holy shit, like life-changing stuff. And I never had that really before, which for me was, was such, a, such a strange thing. And then the next day, I mean, we, we spoke about this, I think once or twice, but we were in this hammock, me and my best friend. And then she goes, oh, hey, there's that music man, like your music man, he's over there. <laughs> and then you walked under us and she touched your head and she was like, hey, music man, what's up? And we said hi, and that was that, you know. And then this is such a you know intricate part of my story because one of your songs, "Black as Night," became like our anthem for that festival. It became our right. thing, our song. We sang it all the time. And then two weeks right. later, my best friend passed away, you know. And yeah. I had that song was like the echo of our whole experience, like our whole friendship was in those words that you wrote. Connected. I mean, when you wrote them, they were about something you know very personal to you, but to me, it became this uh -huh. this kind of survival chant that I kept repeating yeah. to myself like I believe in the good things coming and I share yeah. that with the world and I remember sometime I mean I, I had like a one of my worst nights early on I had I was playing this song repeatedly on again and again and again in the night and I tweeted you and I never in my life like this is the first time in my whole life that I ever like reached out <laughs> to someone that I didn't know I was never you know I never felt connected yeah, yeah. to, I don't know, there was never like a celebrity or an artist <clears> or a person <throat> that I was like, oh my God, I'm so inspired. I never had that. But I had that moment of like, oh my God, whoever wrote these lyrics, like maybe mm. there's like a little bit of gold like he could help me with. I don't know, maybe he could help carry mm -hmm. me through this wave of, 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 of pain or of grief. And, and I reached mm -hmm. out and you wrote back and, and we chatted for a little bit. But because <clears throat> I've been on the other end of that and I know... It's, it's such a different space because how can you receive mm -hmm. that? I mean, you wrote that song years earlier and, you know, it's, it's, it's received in a totally different way than the intention of how you wrote the song. I guess what I'm mm -hmm. trying to say is that receiving that, okay, you helped carry me through grief or your music helped heal a part of me. Uh, it's a really big thing to hold for someone else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
So I mean, yeah, for you, and, since and this it, is the outpouring you get also, all the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I think that whether it's, I mean, I guess in relation to, um, well, I guess yeah, I I uh, was thinking about how how in, how interesting it is that music, um, you know, really op- does crack you open in a, in a way that uh, you could be very surprised by your actions um, and by and and. And how it can shift your uh, your energy, of course, and how it turns into mantras, and you know, and how it um, really does, uh, you know, uh, help you um, understand yourself better, I guess, in those in those circumstances. But I was also considering the fact that, like, you know, even that song, you know, and I, as you were telling the story to me again, I was thinking about where I was when I wrote it, and then I was thinking about how. Um, it doesn't, for me at least, doesn't matter how long it's been since I've played a song or how many times I've played a song. More often than not, I find that I, when I bring them back and I play them in different ways or I bring it or just play it again, I, I find new meaning in them for each different day that I play them. And I was thinking about how uh, you know, we just played for New Year's Eve in Denver through for three nights and we brought back some older songs. And, um, and I was thinking about those, about how people have, you know, been transformed through different stories of, you know, the music and the different songs, whether it's Aloha Keakua or like, or, you know, Black as Night with I Believe in Good Things Coming and, um, and then being able to, to share them because they're still relevant, you know, uh, mantras for people in that sense, you know, and still deeper truths, and I and I and I marvelled at times to think that something so personal for me can be so transform transformational for another person, and that is truly a gift, you know. Um, and so, thanks for sharing that story again. It's really, I remember that moment when she reached down and touched my head, and uh, and I remembered who that who that young boy was. who was standing who who walked beneath you at that time and i'm and i marvel at at his capacity to do what he was doing then without knowing what i know now (laughs) it isn't that always the case (laughs) oh my goodness it is (laughs) it is it is always the case and i love how you know life will hit you with a bunch of shit and you're like oh my god i've made it through this oh my god you know, I'm solid now. <laughs> I know everything mm-hmm. I have learned. I have overcome. And then life is like, mm-hmm. eh, this is a little bit left. Here we go. Here's the motion for you or to also, it. Yeah, or also like the creator will take everything away from you and then offer you a great gift and say, mm-hmm. all right, here's your second chance, you know. Beautifully. I mean, and I'm, I'm, I'm speaking direct. I like looking out my window and speaking directly to you as if you knew what I was talking about. No. And I, was like, uh. <laughs> I, 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 I deeply know what you're talking about. Actually, I, yeah, I yeah. Yeah. I'm on that same couch in, in a different, different way, you know. But I think, you know, something deep. about <laughs> something about this, the specifics of, of this, you know, of being able to um, to write music that helps carry people through dark times. I mean, there's something so beautifully purposeful in that. I mean, you're not just 
making music to whatever for the sake of making music or making music to make money or to be famous or mm. I don't know why why people make music. I like to think that there's always that spiritual component of it, but I find that there's something really special about about the way you write that that's able to touch people in those hard times. Um, would you want to share a little bit with us? You know the any adversity that you've overcome that has made you able to in such a beautiful way touch on that place because I don't think everybody has that has that ability. Yeah. Uh, I think the, uh, there's two stories that came to mind just immediately. And one of them, I guess is the most recent and, uh, <clears throat> and, uh, you know, in the short story of it being that, uh, I recognize now that, um, shadow work is real stuff. Right. And I kind of, played that off for a long time thinking that I had any kind of major shadow work to deal with. And now, uh, as I sit here daily working through my stuff and, you know, um, and bringing ritual into my life more so that I can create discipline because part of my, part of my inconsistency is, is having consistency for myself to become more grounded. And I think that as I've realized that I'm not exempt from any of the <clears throat> outer world's uh, healing. And when I say that, I, I'm talking about, um, I'm talking about the imbalance of the feminine and the masculine in the world. And when we look at the more, most recent, you know, year of politics in our country, in America, and you look at the most recent, you know, four to six months of what was trending in the news uh, most, the most, it was the, these men that would come forth or be accused daily. You know, it seemed like someone had to resign or whatever it was in uh, the media of men who were abusing their power, right? The Me Too and, movement talking about, yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm specifically speaking to, like, the men, you know, that were accused or, you know, found guilty or whatever it is that they were doing. You know, it's just men, right? Men and their abuse of power to women. And, yeah. um, and you know, if it's, you know, obviously at, at the top, If, that, if you consider that the top, you know, then obviously there's it, it, it speaks volumes to the to the to all men, right? And that wound being so deep of what you know what what in our society has caused men to uh, over and over again, you know, abuse that power and and have this expectation. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and do these things, and it's a and you know, and when you look at that kind of action, you go, okay, well, that's an that's a very easy you know reflection of how we treat our Mother Earth, right? Um, and when I've considered my own life of uh, of abuse of power, of letting my ego be in control, uh, and the the inconsistency that I've had in my life towards uh, being fully transparent, um, hiding from myself, 
you know, all along, um, and letting the child who has, when he was a kid, you know, the trauma that I never really, uh, wanted to address, um, of being separated from my, my mother and, and, and being born in this certain way, <clears throat> which was part two, that I was going to talk about, um, that I kind of always would say like, Oh yeah, I probably have abandonment issues, you know, like, but then I never really like went there with it, you know, and did the work with it to sort of release that, you know, because I kind of didn't think that was necessary. Or I didn't want to make time for it. And, uh, and now that I, and now that I consider all the, all of the relationships and non-relationships that I've had in my life, uh, and all the running away that I did, you know, uh, as my, as my mom, so kind of at one point she so aptly put it and I, I jest when I say this, but she's like, have you ever considered your own trail of tears? And I was like, your own trail of tears. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And you know, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm pretty hard on myself, you know, and I think that at times you have to be in order to like really reconcile with your past. And I think that we all have to recognize that, um, you know, I, you're, you're the only person really that's going to be, keep yourself accountable, you know, for, for your path. Right. <clears throat> and, um, and I think that I've, as an Aquarius, as a person who is like so completely air, like I have four planets in Aquarius, I have like no earth in my chart. I am all air. Uh, I'm, I'm constantly that person that like is running off the path, you know, to make my own. And then I turn around and there's all these people following me and I'm like, why are you guys following me? I have no idea where I'm going. And they are like, <laughs> great, let's go there. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I guess we're going. <laughs> um, you know, I have to, I have to kind of bring myself down to earth quite a bit and, and, and say, listen, buddy, you know, this, this kind of behavior is not, uh, it's not how they do things around here. You gotta like, you gotta, you gotta, uh, you got to consider everybody else too, you know? Uh, and, and so I've been going through, yeah, I've been going through an interesting time of, 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 of looking at my wounds and, and how I've wounded other people because of my lack of, uh, uh, caring for those wounds and healing them. And it was, a you know, and and it's, it's kind of shameful to be honest when I look at the, the, I look at the work that, that men have to do in the world, uh, and on this planet and in this dimension. And I consider, uh, the fact that like no man is exempt from, you know, feeding that beast and, you know, I'm no better than anyone else. Um, and but so, it's such a yes, hard thing. Absolutely- I find most, at least the men in my life, when I'm having these conversations <clears throat> now, you know, in the wake of, of, of all of this being brought to light, I think it, or at least it seems like from the man's perspective, it's a really hard conversation to carry now. Absolutely. You know. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. When it comes to bra shopping, it's all about finding the right fit for you, something that is much easier said than done. After too many years of wearing uncomfortable and poorly fitting bras and just thinking that's the way you had to be, I finally found a lingerie brand I actually look forward to putting on every day. Third love. 
Third Love has changed the industry. Did you know that other bra brands usually only carry 15 sizes? Well, Third Love has 60 sizes from AA through G, including half cups. If you never heard of half cups, it's because no one else offers them. Using thousands of women's real measurements and super smoothing memory foam, Third Love creates bras that fit better and that feel great. There is a perfect bra out there for everyone. Go to thirdlove.com heart for 15% off of your first order. All you have to do is answer a few simple questions on the FitFinder quiz and you'll be instantly matched with an expertly recommended bra for your unique size and shape, all from the comfort of your own home so you'll never have that awkward fitting room experience again. Third Love believes in these bras so much that if your new Third Love bra is not your new favorite, well, you can easily return or exchange it for free. This year, make the change that will change the way you think about bras. For listeners in the U.S., go to thirdlove.com slash heart right now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off of your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash heart for 15% off. Thirdlove.com slash heart. Do you have any, I mean, as someone who is, you know, doing this work right now, because I think I like to believe that there's a lot of men out there who are kind of you know, slightly uncomfortable or very uncomfortable in this conversation um, and who just don't know how to how to carry it forward from the man's point of view. But we can't just talk about this as women. You know, it's it, it has to be totally. It's a, it's I think that there has to be. There, yep. 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 There has to be, uh, you know, you can have your women's circles, you can have your men's circles and then you need to like integrate. And, uh, you know, and I think that um, it's a really tricky place to come from because you can say, well, you know, in, in our native cultures, we often like want to say, well, let's bring our elders and let's have them talk. But, you know, more often than not, there is a history of misogyny in, you know, our elders circles that um, has not been healed yet either. Uh, so it's it's a really um, and and, you know, in our in our traditional cultures as well uh, are the, the, the way that a lot of our traditional cultures have been formatted is. Um, completely all balanced, imbalanced with uh, the masculine being completely in charge and, uh, you know, the women, you know, being subservient to the rule. And that makes me feel really uncomfortable. And it's actually also a really tricky place to talk about because um, it, when you look at our traditions, a lot of them have been shaped um, potentially quite unknowingly by, you know, the most recent generations um, have been shaped by Western uh, uh, Western ways, and ha- when you when you go farther back, you sort of like start to realize that there was quite more of a there was much more of a balance in, of power. Um, uh, whether that's like women leading ceremonies for both men and women, or um, you know, obviously more women in power back then. Um, and then over time, it's sort of like with uh, you know with the onslaught of Western way, sort of like started to shift and now we think that 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 is the only way that is tradition so um it's a really tricky place to 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 speak from especially as you're saying when you know what seems to be the majority of men um aren't looking at like you know the me too movement or looking at the women's march or looking at the you know the men coming out and 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 having to admit to these things they're not looking at themselves and thinking like oh gosh i guess i'm probably a part of that or they're not looking at it and saying like, wow, these women are right. Potentially it's like, how do we, you know, how do we, uh, how do we, how do we come, how do we step forward in a good way with supporting our women in, in, in this, uh, in this rebalancing of things, um, you know, starting from at home. 
And I, I don't have the answers for you. You know, I think. No, that, I mean, <clears throat> I think I'm not that, expecting I, you I, to, but I think having this conversation as men, you know, together with women, it's, I think it's the only way. And I try to do it. I Absolutely. try to do it with my husband at home and, and with friends. But it seems like it's, uh, at least in this moment in time, like everyone is, is so afraid to say the wrong thing or so afraid to, you know, what kind of ghosts do I have or what kind of skeletons do I have in my mm -hmm. closet? Am I able to speak of this? I'm not sure, you know, but I think we have to all air all this shit out um, mm -hmm. and, and continue yeah, having this conversation. Yeah, it's going to be hard. And yeah, and, and and I think that the hardest thing right now to do is not have your feelings hurt. Um, and you know, if you can, if you can, if you can let it roll off your shoulders and not take it personally, um, and then and then and then take things personally. <laughs> you know, uh, it's all personal. Um, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's like that, not to feel like it's directed directly at you, but to recognize that as a whole, there's like a there's a responsibility we have to each other to, to see this work through. And, and who knows, you know, it's like, I would like to say, you know, that for me personally, it's like a, it's a daily thing in my, in my personal life that I hope reflects in my work because, uh, it, you know, it's forthcoming because, um, it is very important. And it, it also, I feel like dictates how we advocate, um, to our children and for our, our great mother, uh, of course, as well, because um, it, it really does boil down to how we treat the planet uh, based on how we treat each other. Exactly. So because you have you have some very strong, powerful women in your life, right? <clears throat> I do. Has, I do. And so has this shaped, you think, how you're able to carry this conversation now? I mean, are you having this conversation with with your moms, for instance? Yeah, so it's interesting because I feel like I have far more uh, very opinionative, strong, resilient uh, women in my life that really help me uh, identify, you know, my own dysfunction, you know, and uh, and with my mom, like a year ago, she's like, let's go to therapy. And I was like, I don't got no problems. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going. Based on what? I'm not going to go. She just, I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> just on a whim? Or then, was uh, it something specific happening? Nah, just... well, well, she was going through a lot. And, like, she wanted me to to go talk about those things. And she was sort of having, like, a relapse of of trauma. And it was, you know, as, you know, trauma takes a long time sometimes to really come back around. And, uh and she was going through that time and I wasn't around much then. And now I've moved back to, to Oregon and I'm much more closer to her. And we spend a lot more time with, I spend a lot more time with both my moms and, uh, and my birth mother and I are, um, now we haven't gone yet, but we've scheduled our, our first like mother son therapy session together with her, with a counselor. And I've got my own counseling that I'm about to start doing um, for anyone and, listening who doesn't know, how, could you share just really briefly how how you have two oh. two magical moms? <clears throat> oh yeah, I got I lucked out. So uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I got I uh, let's see. I was born um, I was I was I was born through a uh, human trafficking experience that um, my mother went through when she was 14 years old, 
Um, and my grandmother was a, a, a troubled person to say the least. And, um, yeah, I was trafficking the four, the, her youngest four children. And, um, and so I was a result of that. And, um, and then I was, my mother gave me up for adoption when she was, when I was nine months and, and, uh, I was adopted by this beautiful, uh, loving family, you know? Um, so as a, in, as a, I'm a, as a, I'm a, as a, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to explain this. Uh, I'm, I, I grew, see, I'm Native American, Puerto Rican, Filipino, and Chamorro, and grew up in a, in a, uh, all white family, in a very white suburban, um, household, uh, neighborhood, uh, you know, very, you know, Republican, um, conservative Christian environment. And, um, you know, and uh, I feel like this, when I say that, and, and I consider the story too, I think a lot of people get confused thinking that I came from a really hard, hard childhood, which I didn't, uh, the, uh, the family that raised me, uh, did everything in their power to, uh, you know, create a safe and loving environment, which they did. And, um, you know, as a, as any kid would say, you know, like, oh gosh, my parents this, my parents that when I was the age and, you know, and sh- sure I have all those stories too, but it wasn't because of the fact that I was adopted. Um, and it didn't really get hard until I got into my later teens and eventually found my mother, um, on the internet and, uh, rolled down the street about 20 minutes from where I grew up and actually met her when I was 21. Um, so, for the last 12 years of my life, I've spent getting to know my mom's family, um, my brothers and sisters. Uh, I have uh, I have two sisters, two brothers on my mom's side, and then uh, many nephews and nieces. Um, and then on my dad's side, I did I did three years later discover my birth father's family, uh, um, and they had no idea that I was even a thing. <laughs> Uh, and so they were quite, they were quite surprised to discover the eldest son. Um, and so, uh, I spent many years getting to know them. And then about, uh, uh, what was it? Maybe a year or two after I'd met them. Uh, well, I mean, when I first met them, I had discovered that I, that my birth father had passed away in 1994. Um, and, it wasn't long after that that my uh, adoptive father also passed away from cancer. So, so now it's just my mom's. But uh, uh, yeah, the, the 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 lessons and you know the ongoing um, understandings that I have of both my fathers and the teachings both of them left me, um, you know, in some ways haunt me, uh, but in other ways, uh, you know, are really important for me to. Um, navigate, you know, the lessons and specifically, t- you know, just speaking of now. Um, but, uh, but, uh, yeah, so it's been a long journey to say the least. Um, say and, the least. Uh, but it's, it's, in, it's incredible. I think, I mean, every, every family has its things. And of course your past, you have more trauma than most people, but the fact that you're all three of you now talking and going mm-hmm. to therapy and doing this work all together, I think that's, that's pretty pretty epic <laughs> i mean and it's and, and you know i feel like i'm not alone i feel like you know there's a lot of folks of course that have pretty wild and nuts you know stories but you know i think that the 
you know, the, 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 what is it? The just, well, you know, the gift that I have to share that story through music, um, is, you know, in particular, uh, you know, brings it out right in a different way. Um, that that's, that's translatable to, to people. And I think that, you know, they're the authenticity of that message and then the genuine, like, you know, way that I, that I write about it, I think is, is really the key to, uh, to, to how it's been able to be translated by folks. And so, yeah, so there's, that's, do you think it goes around so that you make music and then your moms are able to listen to it and then healing comes back around their way as well? I don't know. You know, it's interesting. I think my mom, like my birth mother, I feel like is finally sort of in a good space with it. She wasn't that, like when we first met, she was like, oh, that's great. You play music. And then, you know, as some of the songs started coming out, she would like say, wow, that's really heavy. I'm glad that you wrote that. Um, And then she went through a period, I think when her trauma was kind of coming back around, uh, where she couldn't listen to it. It was too much, you know? Um, and then, uh, and then now she's in a really good place with it to the point where we're both considering how powerful it could be for us to be like a fighting duo where you rarely see in the human trafficking movement and the anti-human trafficking movement, um, you rarely see like a, a survivor and a survivor's son working together to, to share their, the, the healing part of the, of the journey, you know, um, wow. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's, it's a huge thing, black market, like, you know, huge. uh, sex trade, you know what I mean? And it's not something you really hear people talking about that much, especially like as far as in like our, in our sector of the, of the world. Um, but, uh, and then my, <laughs> my, my adopted mom, the mom that I grew up with, you know, uh, she, she's, she's mellowed out a lot in the last, uh, uh, decade and, 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 you know, um, she doesn't ask many questions, but I know that she understands me, which is a lot to say, considering where we, her and I both came from in the beginning of our journey together. Um, so I'm really proud of her. She's, you know, she's very, very devoutly Christian. And I really, I've learned to really appreciate her faith um, and really see her for who she is in a good way. And uh, so we don't talk much about my songs. She always wants mm-hmm. to be able to read the lyrics because she's like, she's like, well, you know, I'm old and I just, I don't understand all the things you're saying. You say it so fast. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, all right, fair enough. So I always try and make sure, like, I print the lyrics after her so she can read them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so, so you know, they both have very different reactions to the music. Um, and I think that, you know, sharing me with the world has been an interesting journey for both of them. It's a, it's a hard hard journey but it's a beautiful one you are listening to from the heart conversations with yoga girl hey business owner do you have big goals for your company in the new year are you in need of great talents to reach those goals but you're short on time well you don't have to get lost in a huge stack of resume to find your perfect hire you just need the right tools smarter tools. What you need is ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter posts your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards with just one click. Then ZipRecruiter actively looks for the most qualified candidates and invites them to apply. ZipRecruiter even reviews every application to identify your top candidates so you never miss a great match. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other hiring sites, ZipRecruiter does not depend on the right 
candidate finding you, it finds them. No wonder 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. ZipRecruiter, it's the smartest way to hire. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes and industries to find the most qualified job candidate with immediate results. Right now, my listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash yoga. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash yoga. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash yoga. I think... I mean, it's pretty clear to say that by by sharing it and by doing the work, you are collectively everybody we, everybody doing this work. We help each other. It gets lighter once it's spoken. But the thing about trauma is it comes back, and I, I haven't figured that Absolutely. out myself. I, I come from a past with a lot of a lot of death and, and depression and suicide and, and and heavy shit. And sometimes I don't know. I feel like the more I talk about it, the lighter I feel. But I'm also keeping that door open a little bit. So sometimes I'm like, oh, can I just close the door to all this past shit and just like open up a new chapter? And then I think I have and then it, something comes back and opens up again. Probably it's just a lifetime mm-hmm. thing, healing. I mean, it's yeah. not a linear thing yeah, that you're one day done more with. Re- yeah, I think we just become more resilient and we just become more, uh, you know, accustomed to uh, addressing it. And we just get better at doing that, I guess. Mm-hmm. So what is your, uh, if, if you look back at the past year, what's your greatest lesson of 2017? Like, what, what are you taking with you that's new and fresh and, you know, into, into the new year? Uh, well, gosh, that's such a... A lot. So many, <laughs> yeah, there's so many. Um, I would say, uh, I would say one of the biggest lessons... Um, you're going to chop more wood, carry, carry more water. Kind of. Yeah. I guess metaphorically, yeah. I guess like physically and metaphorically speaking, like, uh, you know, I am. Okay. So, uh, so here's something to be quite frank. There's, uh, you know, I, I was kind of talking earlier about how reluctant I had been in my past to, you know, I guess owning up to this responsibility I have. And, uh, and, um, you know, with having said that, I, you know, I never really got into, you know, playing music or, or, or uh, you know, traveling, you know, for that matter, to become like a business person, right? Hmm. I didn't ever want to have to crunch numbers and like, you know, uh, and, and, and deal with, you know, running a small business. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm running a small business now <laughs> and, uh, you know, and it's a it's a, it's a, there's, there's people that, um, you know, uh, who create with me and who work with me daily. And, um, and that's an exciting thing to, to now have manifested and to, to step into that role, um, of, of leadership. And so, um, as I, uh, as I take, you know, my personal lessons with me that, you know, are certainly, uh, reflected in songs and, in the messaging and, uh, and in the strategy of how, uh, we carry that with us, um, into the world. Uh, I'm looking at my, my, uh, my year ahead and the years to come, uh, from a much more, uh, openly vulnerable, um, standpoint of humanness and, um, and recognizing that, 
the more the more vulnerable and open I become with my journey and with my my wounds. Uh, on one hand, yes, you become more open to attack and to uh, negativity. But if you're, but when you have a strong core, uh, you know those things can be um, addressed, I guess, more appropriately. But um, on the other hand, you know it does give you a uh, a a really strong uh, uh, foundation to work from um, because you get nothing to hide, you know, and the more that you dig into your own uh, trauma and your own wounding, the, 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 I feel like the more power you have. Uh, so in, in moving forward with this year, whether it's with business uh, and trying to just, you know, pay my bills or whatever domestic things, you know, you have to do as, as you continue to create your art and uh, continue to um, uh, write the stories of experience, you know, that um, will help shape a generation. Um, it is, uh, I guess, imperative that, uh, for me at least, to... Um, create ritual and discipline in my life, as I spoke of before, um, so that I feel a, a truer connection to myself and to who I, and to the man in within me, uh, who is, you know, growing into, um, himself and, you know, walking side by side with that child that, that does exist within me as well rather than letting the child be leading me. Um, and, and so, yeah, reconciling with that child and walking hand in hand with that child. Um, but firmly, you know, allowing the man to be in charge and that man has to also, uh, you know, be, completely open and, and, and be able to receive as well as give and to address the wounds that the child has also inflicted. Um, so I don't know. Does and that, in terms of, in terms of uh, ritual and, you know, carrying this, this with you to help you ground, what does it look like in practice? Like when you're on the road, well, how, do, know, you, I, how really do you, how do you stay safe? I'm this by this lady, her name's Yoga Girl. And, oh, uh, who's that? you know, I'm just going <laughs> to, <laughs> I love this voice. Who is this voice? <laughs> oh my god! I have so many different person? voices that come through me sometimes. It's like so <laughs> strange. Um, that guy's name is Frankie. Yeah, it's Frankie. I'm just saying. I have all these great teachers. I just kind of tap into. Um, but uh, yeah, as far as like as far as yoga like, on the road. Uh, yeah, yoga on the road. It's like it's health and it's health and fitness, and it's like uh, I. I'm a super active person and whether I'm, whether I'm, um, practicing yoga has been, uh, really helpful for me, uh, these last couple of months specifically, um, and, uh, getting into, uh, a daily meditation beforehand and after, um, and 
And then also working outside is my other thing I do. I love working outside and um, in in nature. And where I live is I have six acres here, and um, we're going to be building a sweat lodge here soon. And so that's going to be something really helpful for me too, just staying in ceremony and um, and practicing our traditional ceremonies and um, and then uh, and then. Um, for, for as, as far as the heart and the home, yeah, it's like, you know, uh, the inner work uh, inside the house, I guess you could say, or the inner work, you know, as in meditating outside or, or uh, you know, um, ingesting more text, you know, reading more. Um, I, I have a, a whole stack of books that I'm like working through right now. Um, and uh, yeah, and I guess, how does you this know, work like really, when you go on the really road? Feel, it's Do pretty you find much the that same, when you, to be honest. It works I feel like the same. My work Did you... the, yeah, like my life on the road is actually way more schedule like 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 it's very uh meticulous. Like I have this many hours free, you know, and then I have uh you know, then I gotta go do some media stuff or like at three o'clock I gotta go to sound check and then like at four thirty I eat my, you know, early dinner and then we go do the meet and greet and then it's like you know, the show time and then we eat late dinner and then we like, you know, stretch before we go to bed or we call our loved ones. It's like, it's very like, uh, sort of, you know, uh, it's way more scheduled than per se my days at home. Wow. I'm um, so surprised to hear that. Is that because that's the only way shit works? Yeah. That's like for me at least and how we roll and our crew, that's the only way it works because, uh, otherwise we would, probably just be like, well, what are we doing? <laughs> um, you know, and you need you know, a mom so, on tour. Yeah. Well, we have, we, yeah, we have, yeah, we have a, a very awesome tour manager who's uh, uh, an awesome female and she, her and I are very similar. Like we're kind of all pretty OCD with how we like run our stuff. <laughs> uh, and, except I wouldn't really say it's a disorder. So I just say we're OC. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like that. O- so, OC, OC, it's good. Yeah, I'm just being. I'm really OC about things. <laughs> uh, oh my god, I think I'm the same. It's not a disorder. It's just a personality trait. It's a way of life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just how we roll. Um, but uh, but yeah, like yeah, the home stuff is uh is definitely new to me because I've been so uprooted from a home for years and um even when i lived in la for like the last three years i didn't have i I really wasn't there that much to be honest i was kind of just living in my storage space (laughs) but uh, i find that so challenging right right now since i had the baby travel of course looks completely different but i i find my myself living in lives of like three month chunks of okay if i'm home here then I feel so grounded and so rooted. And then travels to me now just looks like a blur of uh, madness and stress and like yeah. lugging a baby on the road. And like, uh, yep. I don't know, it's a big, it's a big struggle for me to, to continue ritual and routine and discipline. Um, yeah. While, while moving, it's, it's super, super hard. Yeah. And now, you know, your ritual really is your child. I mean, that's the one consistent thing. Yeah. 
<laughs> everything you else know is i mean that's yeah i mean that's the sacrifice yeah. and the blessing all at once right it's like mm-hmm. okay now now everything sort of revolves you know around the ritual of taking care of this little spirit and yeah and that's that's a big responsibility and yeah it's, it, i can only imagine how difficult that is you know uh and i guess my only way to relate to that is the fact that like i feel like i take care of nine people on the road all the time. <laughs> nine babies. <laughs> and they're, you have nine babies. Yeah, and they're grown the as they're they're grown as they're grown as babies. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, in terms of in terms of astrology, so I, I did a podcast episode with Trevor Hall a couple a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and he really turned me on. Like for the first time, really, uh, I had my chart read completely after that. Um, and I and I do readings with with his this astrologer now, and she told me something yeah. so interesting because she told me so my chart is all fire like everything is fire, but I have this baby who's a Pisces who is like mm. all different, and if it wasn't for her, I would oh, never wow. slow down and I would like get sick and die. Basically, she said this baby is the <laughs> only way for you to stop. <laughs> so just listen Don't to her, and I think it's so yeah, so beautiful and so hard. Oh my God! All at once. Don't you but just it's... love Deb? Deborah? she's so amazing. Yeah. Um, so and amazing. yeah, I'm so happy that you got to do that. Um, yeah, shout out to Deborah Silverman. And uh, I think that. Uh, oh my gosh! So Trevor Hall, the astrologer. Like, are you kidding me? Like, this dude is like <laughs> crushing it. <laughs> I'm like, he is. Like literally, like when he started doing it, I was like, okay, yeah, we'll see, you know. And then like he started. Then he like read my chart and i was just like jaw on the floor <laughs> oh my god i'm like no, he's it's... so good at it so good at it yeah yeah and, i think he should yeah and, Car- career change and second <laughs> yeah yeah for real like i'll be like all right trevor holy astrologer like call his 1-800 number right now um uh and same for the same with me though when he when he started doing that and uh you know, I started seeing how, I mean, I'd already been in, in, I'd already sort of like had some kind of knowledge around it, but when he started digging into it with me, I was like, dang, I want to know that stuff. And so, so yeah, right? I like signed up for her course. I'm like signed up for her course. I got like, you I are, oh my God, I was I'm thinking like, about doing that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. This is yeah. yeah. So no, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll get in the same class. <laughs> you're, you're in deep. Oh, my God. I'm going to join, too. Yeah. But it's so because I never really yeah. fully believed it. And now that I'm really diving into it, it's so mm. like, oh, my God. Yeah. Well, no, really. Yeah, well, it's, it, once you consider, like, the fact that, you know, all of our traditional cultures, you know, from all around the world, we our our ancestors, you know, really understood our 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 direct connection to the stars, you know. And and how they relate, you know, whatever moon you're born under or whatever sun, you know, that um, that those things really have a lot to do with our makeup and how we navigate in life. And, uh, you know, once you're able to put aside the the uh, the ideas, the structure of of us, how we've been told since day one and you step aside that and sort of start to learn about what seems to be actually far more natural uh, and, 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 and what can, what actually is vibrating at your frequency that makes way more sense to me. Uh, You begin to open up to a whole uh, different understanding of what, 
what life is, is meant to be about. And we feel more, more, more a part of the whole. At least that's there's yeah. something so intricately beautiful about, wait, the stars were aligned in a certain way when I was born. And it connects, you know, to everything else that moves, like the whole universe kind of conspired for me to arrive here at this moment in time. I mean, I find it's literally it just, mind boggling. It, it's mind mind boggling. And I was thinking when I when I um, had the baby, she was over two weeks. She was two weeks late. She didn't want to come out, you know, and I was going through this whole thing mm. like she was supposed to be. Mm. Uh, what was she supposed to be? What's before Pisces? Air, air, oh, uh, Aquarius. Aquarius, oh, yeah, yeah. She was supposed to be an Aquarius. So I had all these, like, you know, friends in the community sent me, like, the birthstone for the Aquarius. And we had all these gifts oh. because she was supposed to be an Aquarius. <laughs> and then she was born, you know, two weeks late. And it came out in this whole other thing that I had planned. But it was so interesting to me now that this was the moment she was supposed to arrive. And it was really life changing those two weeks. You know, it's. Mm. Yeah, so special, so special. So, um, so, so I have a final, a final question. I kind of want to, I would love to end yeah. on, a, on a note to rally the community a little bit because one thing we haven't mm -hmm. touched on uh, in our conversation yet is um, the work you do as an activist in the world. And I know you're mm. involved in so many different causes and projects and you, you rally behind some truly, truly amazing and necessary stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but someone asked a really interesting question. So... What, from your eyes, what is the number one most important social issue that we all need to band together and strive to change right now? It's a great question. Uh, <clears throat> I think last year I probably would have said climate change because, uh, you know, it really is the apex, right? Like everything kind of meets there, whether it's uh, environmental justice or social justice or, you know, uh, you know, the movement of, right? Like of, uh, finding the balance for the masculine and feminine, uh, uh, whether it's, um, um, you know, education or, uh, or healthcare or whatever it really is, you know, or, or protecting, you know, our, uh, uh, creatures that, you know, live with us on this planet or, um, or all the rest of life, whether it's, you know, uh, um, our forests or, uh, Whatever, our oceans, you know, all these things that I've done work towards some certain levels and and such. Uh, it seems as though all the all the uh, all roads lead to the climate, and um, and yet uh, now um, uh, now the space that I'm in now, and so some of the things that I'm considering. Uh, the strategies I'm considering to to be advocating for in the coming years, I think that my my uh, my push, I guess, uh, is going to be more focused on, um, I guess, perhaps uh, inspiring young people to become more involved in politics. Um, because at the core of it, I, I wonder, okay. Yeah, the, the the it seems as though I mean our government is shut down right now over here. Right. <laughs> you know, it's... still like for like two days now, and uh, you know, literally neither parties can can come to an agreement on how they're going to fund us, right? 
And uh, we have like so many black op programs that are taking trillions of dollars from our budgets. And those things aren't being talked about. Um, whether it's the secret space program or like, you know, uh, all the, all the, all the black ops stuff that goes on in uh, foreign countries, the black market things that are going on. It's like, you know, normal taxpayer people don't even like believe those things are happening. Well, then why do you think that we can't even come up with budgets to like pay for stuff that's like basic human healthcare and basic, like, you know, uh, uh, state funded, uh, uh, jobs. Right. Um, and, uh, so yeah, our spending is out of control, but I think that, um, there is a growing movement and there are so many different orgs and that are all run by young people, um, who are inspired and who have now, I guess you could say karmically come back enough times to be like 60 year old people inside like 20, 26 year old bodies and are far more advanced in their knowledge of how the system works than I will ever be. Um, far more advanced in like, uh, you know, coming up with solutions to our, uh, our insufficiencies, um, and our deficiencies, uh, who are focused on greening our economy, um, in a, in a far more rapid way and hopefully, uh, directing it away. I don't know. This is a personal note, hopefully directing it away from further AI technology, uh, and looking AI at technology, um, like, like artificial intelligence, artificial intelligence technology. What, what does that mean? Like the amount of work that's going on in the scientific sector regarding I or, uh, uh, artificial intelligence, um, is, is a little bit mind blowing. And, you know, really, I Hollywood never hear just... about this. Oh yeah. I mean, I never read it in the stuff. news or anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of a nerd on it. It's like just the fact that like, you know, Hollywood doesn't really come up, just come up with these ideas. You know, there's a, it's, it's a, uh, predictive programming is something that they practice on us like every day with any kind of media outlet, you know, to desensitize us to, uh, as they begin to slowly release this stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, there's, I mean, there's, there's a, and there's a lot of money of, like, spent what... there. Oh my gosh. Yes. Trillions. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, we have a technology that's so advanced that you would consider it alien. Uh, uh, or back engineered, right? And uh, if they just came out with it today, you know, a lot of people would be like, "What the heck? Why haven't we cured cancer? Why haven't we? Uh, uh, why haven't we uh, uh, solved the uh, uh, issue of um, uh, you know the way that we extract oil and our de- dependency on oil? Like, why aren't we using this te- new technology? Well, it's because it's all part of a, a strategy that they're using that they're that they're working on to of course, uh, make more money and to, to, uh, to have more power and control over, uh, over the, the larger amount of people. Um, you know, the one percenters definitely know what they're doing in that sense. Um, but, uh, I think that, you know, uh, outside of all what people might be considering theories and, uh, uh, you know, uh, maybe perhaps even they might look at it as a negative thing to consider, 
uh, to me, it's not even negative stuff. It's just reality. It's just like, this is actually what's happening. So what do we do? Well, you know, we have to, uh, we have to encourage young people to take office. Um, and we have to get, uh, more conscious people involved, um, who, who have the big picture in mind, who know that, um, in order for, uh, for us to even survive, um, on a planet that's, you know, rapidly becoming depleted of its resources, um, that, uh, that we green our economy, whether it's, you know, whether I personally will focus on, you know, uh, systems that, um, are, are, are healthy, I guess you could say, or, um, you know, whether that's solar or, or hemp, um, uh, you know, focusing on stuff that will, uh, will eventually turn the economy in a, in a good way. And I think that, you know, I think that the consciousness of, of the majority of, uh, of people in, in our nation, um, are, are wanting to do that, you know, like following the suit of other countries that have, uh, you know, are taking the lead, you know, who are committed to the Paris agreements, um, on, you know, climate reform and going, okay, well, let's just, let's actually do this stuff. You know, um, if we wanted to, if we wanted to actually, um, uh, focus on, on these renewables, you know, we could be doing so much more. Uh, but again, you know, you look at obviously what's happening in our government today and just the quarreling, um, about these things. Uh, you can see we're clearly at a, at a standstill with, um, uh, with the majority of people who are in office who supposedly represent the people being in a inactive space, uh, uh, because of the, of their, in this entanglement of, uh, you know, all facets of, of the complex, you know, web of politics of how, you know, this nation is run. But if we're like, you know, if we can't even get resources and, and help people in Puerto Rico, you know, it's like, we we're obviously right. not even being able to like help ourselves and uh, on a, on a very basic scale. Um, how do you stay motivated then? I mean, as a, as a single individual, like maybe a, a young person listening to this right now, because looking at the state of things, it can look pretty bleak, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes it really feels like we are moving in the wrong direction and there's just more and more messed up things um, taking place in the well, world. So how do you stay motivated and active to actually, yeah, to act? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, uh, for me personally, I feel as though that what I spoke about earlier, the ritual and discipline and like, and, uh, what, what I, what I fill my senses with, um, uh, you know, you have to balance that out. So the less time you spend on your phone, the better, right? The less time, uh, you spend, or the more time you spend interfacing, uh, with things that are real is, uh, is imperative to not get sucked into, uh, the frequency of, of, uh, of that state. Now that's not to say that that state isn't real because it is. And so the more that you become strong in yourself, in your highest self and your consciousness, the more you're able to, um, I feel like address, uh, the frequency of the world with compassion and empathy. Um, and, and with that, I feel as though your purpose, 
uh, as an individual about what your service is comes becomes clearer. Does that make sense? Yes. 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 And then you and then you don't get then you don't get carried away with like the fear or the. I mean, I've, absolutely. Like you're gonna you'll be overcome with grief at times, and you'll be overcome with frustration at times. But uh, you'll have such a strong core, and you've built a foundation and an infrastructure that allows you to step from there and and uh, and greet the chaos of the world with compassion and clarity. Um, uh, you know, you 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 still find purpose in living because you know it's sacred. You know what I mean? Right. And you need your community at your back. That's the thing. If we feel all alone yeah. and we just take all this stuff in on our phones every day, yeah, we're going to go into total despair. And, <laughs> you know, there's, there's, there's no future there. We have to connect with other human beings that believe in the same things that we do and rally. I mean, that's why, like, the march is happening now. You know, it's, 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 there's something so powerful and just brings so much life to this cause. Uh, as opposed to just sitting at home tweeting something, oh, I support this. Like, you know, you're not going to really act from that place you need to be out there and march and move yeah. and, connect and talk and it's good to and it's good to be in conversation and, uh, and, in, and in dialogue with people that don't have your same perspective uh because um you get to actually practice you know compassionate conversation uh without you, you know and you might get frustrated you might get you might you might get upset but uh, if we don't understand you know an, an opposing view uh, we don't get to fully understand our own view. Um, and so it's really important that you dialogue with people who don't believe the same things you believe in. That's true, but it's so hard. <laughs> and I feel like especially <laughs> in the U.S. right now, there's a lot of dinnertime family conversations that took place over the holidays that were really, really, really difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and then at some point you just got to put it down, right? at some point you gotta put it down yeah that's true my brother yesterday he said me as like a like a like a sarcastic joke i just i haven't spoken to him he lives in la i haven't spoken to him in like 10 days and he sends me on facebook Mm -hmm. an invitation to like the facebook page donald j trump like that's Uh. it that's his like form of like hey what's up fuck you (laughs) oh man the fun continues just just takes one like rachel one like (laughs) <laughs> just one like and then I'm, I'm in I'm there oh dude it's been such a pleasure having you on the show I have one final little thing to ask okay you can totally say no yeah. I asked this with Trevor I have like you know anytime I have someone with music on the show yeah I always ask if you only if you want to would like to sing something for us before we say goodbye Ooh. Ooh, on the spot and everything. Um, let me uh, let me see here. What do I got? Let me get into the zone. Let me see here. Oh yeah, I got something. Ooh. Oh yeah, okay. Oh, okay. I got something for you. <laughs> okay, can you hear this? What? Are you kidding? Let's see, man. Yeah. 
space The harder life there comes a taste The medicine that we were meant to take Say there is a time, a place But I just can't afford a longer wait I need a miracle, I need to say Or an opportunity to co-create Some kind of lesson I don't understand Some kind of blessing Always unplanned But I don't take for granted The gifts from the land Cause the hardest earned blessing Comes from Creator's hands Creator's hands Yeah, the hardest earned lesson Comes from Creator's hands all right. Oh, no, I'm crying. Aww. <laughs> Some kind of blessing. I don't understand. Some kind of lesson. Always unplanned. But I don't take for granted the gifts from the land. Because the hardest earned blessing comes from Creator's hands. Ayo. Oh. Thank you. I love you. you. I love you, too. Thanks so much for having me on the show. It's been great being here. (laughs) It's so great (laughs) having you. Now back to the couch and the tea. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. From my my heart Uh, to yours. Thank you. You're so welcome. Thank you so much to my beautiful guest this week, Knucklebear. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. You can find all of these on rachelbraithen.com, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or anywhere you normally get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave a review while you are there. We now also have all podcasts transcribed and available for the heart of hearing on rachelbraithen.com. So please spread the word. Huge thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work. And of course, thank you to my sponsors, LaCroix, Tripping.com, Third Love, and ZipRecruiter. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week.